We have a lot going on today. Have you noticed that? I love being a part of an active church that's just doing a whole lot of stuff. If you don't know the gentleman, that, uh, the brother that led us during our communion time, that is Hal Ferguson. And Hal and his wife are a part of the Chamala Mission in Tanzania. And I, I wish everyone could have heard his presentation during the Bible class time. Such an encouraging time of their mission work, whether they're involved in teaching kids in primary and secondary school, training uh, Native men to preach, uh, doing wonderful, incredible work through their Chamala Hospital that many of us have been aware of for decades, and uh, farming on their property. There's just so much that they're doing, so thank you all for what you and your family do, and thank you for being with us uh, today. There's a booth outside in the foyer, as Hal said, and so I hope that you'll go by there and take a look at those brochures and take one uh, with you as well. Uh, all of us in the office are super excited uh, to welcome uh, Eric Thornton as a part of our, our staff. I asked him uh, when he uh, came in this week, do you want me to give you a tour of the you know, office area just in case there was anything you had questions about? And So we are very blessed. He's going to help every one of us uh, in our roles, in our respective roles, and he's going to help our church be more connected with each other and with our ministries and with this community and we are super excited uh, to have him on board in that role. Uh, we have our Reconnect uh, marriage workshop that's coming up one week from today. There's a note about it in the bulletin. There are these brochures, flyers on the, on the information booth. There is a QR code in the bulletin and on these forms for you to register. Today is the last day to register, the last day that we want to have the registration open. So it's online, and you can do that with your cell phone. Just go to that QR code, and you can register or go on our website, uh, westerwin.com, and you can register. Or if you want to do it the old-fashioned way, give us a call in the office, and we'll be glad uh, to put you on that list. Uh, like I said, there is a lot going on in uh, this church family, and what a blessing uh, that is. Uh, one of the things that we want to remind each other of today, as Kelly shared, is to sing, to sing joyfully. Just as our kids, quote, sang, <laughs> um, we want to sing out, and we want to sing out with joy. This is the message that I'm giving today, and that is simply this, sing with joy in your hearts to the Lord. All of the message is going to be around those words. Sing with joy in your hearts to the Lord. But first, <clears throat> a little bit of preliminaries. First, um, worship leaders have a great impact on the church's worship. As worship leaders, we do our very best to be prepared. We understand that our role is to be worship facilitators and not performers or entertainers. We do not lead worship in order to, quote, be seen by others, as Jesus warns against in Matthew 6. Rather, our role is to stay out of the way as much as possible as we enable and facilitate the congregation to worship and praise the living God and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That being said, we are each ultimately responsible to God for our worship. And that includes our singing. And so another thing as we begin this lesson is 
sometimes things don't go quite as you would like or as you would expect in our worship assembly. As worship leaders and as worship planners, we try to do the very best we can to help everyone be able to have a great worship experience between them and the Lord as we worship together between us and the Lord. So today and in the next few weeks, probably especially, uh, we're going to see a few little tweaks and quirks as we try to figure out how to pass communion to each other again. <laughs> we're doing that to enhance our fellowship with each other, our table fellowship, which I think is a vital part of the communion service, uh, but also allowing our, our men and especially our young men and boys who have been baptized into Christ, passing the trays during communion and the contribution for most men is the very first thing they do in worship leading in the assembly. And so we're excited that we're going to be able to have that opportunity uh, again. And so remember that over these next few weeks as we try to find out the way to do that in a new way, uh, but similar to the way uh, we've always done it. Uh, sing with joy in your hearts to the Lord. We are each ultimately responsible for our worship, and that includes our singing. No matter who the worship leaders are, no matter what the structure of the service is, it is up to us as individual worshipers to worship the living God together as a church family. Together as a congregation. Granted, it's a little bit more difficult than if you're having a devotional by yourself at home. Where you can pick all the songs and you can decide what scripture you use. And you can pray without being interrupted. And it can go just as long or as short as you want. All of those things are true. And God could have decided to do it that way. But you know what? He said, you can't be faithful if that's the way we do it. Because you need each other. And a big part of that is worshiping the Lord together. That's why they call this the assembly. That's why I appreciate how you bring in out Acts 20 so well. Even Paul, while he was traveling, and many of you do the same thing, either online or actually in person at a neighboring church, Paul and his missionary team took part in the worship of the church with the local assembly there at Troas. Why? Because they need it. They need to be together. They need that fellowship. They need that encouragement. And they need to worship the Lord. And we do that together in an assembly so that we can remind each other of the call to faithfulness. So a few things about the worship assembly, first of all. The worship assembly is just that, an assembly. <laughs> the uniqueness of the worship assembly is that it is the time when the church gathers together to worship God directly and encourage each other while we do it. This is not the only time we worship. My belief is that we worship God all the time. And Colossians 3.17 and other passages say, everything we say and everything we do is done to honor God. And I believe that. I believe that strongly. But I also believe that there's a special time when we worship the Lord directly, when we are offering up our prayers to Him or studying His Word. Or singing praises to him. And then there are times when we offer up that direct worship together. In the assembly. And that's a very unique experience. This is the only time that happens. The focus of our worship assemblies is God. 
He is the only one who is worthy of our worship. He is the only one to whom our worship is directed. And so he is the only spectator. Everyone else is a participant in the worship of our God. I don't know if you've thought about that before. That's not original with me, but there is one spectator here today. And that's the living God. However many we have, looking out, it looks like we have about 1,271. <laughs> but all of us are participants. None of us is a spectator. And sometimes I get a little nervous when I hear someone refer to all of us here as the audience. I realize that's just a word and I'm okay with that. It's fine, fine, fine. But I, I don't like it. <laughs> Because we're not an audience. We are participants. This is the stage. The one person in the audience is the Lord God himself. He is the only spectator. I like to refer to us as the congregation. That's kind of a churchy word, but I don't know. If you can come up with something better, let me know. I'd love to have it. But we should not think of ourselves sitting out there in the congregation as an audience watching performers up here. You know, there were times in church history when the Roman church had the Mass, the, the Eucharist, the Lord's Supper, in Latin, even though nobody in the congregation, wherever they were, spoke it anymore. And it got to be such a point that the priest would stand like this, observing the communion. And the people wouldn't even get to partake of the whole part. And, and that's, that's a spectator. That's not the way God designed the worship assembly. We are participants. The focus of our worship assemblies is God. And the purpose, though, of our worship assemblies is mutual encouragement. You've heard me say many times, we can worship God directly anywhere. We can pray anywhere. We can study the Bible anywhere. As we have found during COVID, we can even take communion anywhere. But what we can't do is do those things together. And that's what makes this special. That's what makes this unique. It's special because the church is gathered together to worship God. So while our focus is God, our purpose in doing this together is to encourage each other. And that's right straight out of Hebrews chapter 10, verses 23 through 25, and also 1 Corinthians 11 and 1 Corinthians 14. Focus is God. Purpose is to encourage that person that's sitting around you. And we try to be balanced. As worship leaders, we try to have songs and sermons that are joyful and some that are contemplative, that are directed to God and some that are directed to one another. Some that are older, some that are newer, some that are fast, some that are slow. And over a period of time, hopefully you see that balance. You may not in a single service, but hopefully over a period of time you do. And so this worship assembly is a call to consideration, to humility, to respect, to unselfishness, to love. We are to interact with each other with the attitude of Christ and the fruit of the Spirit even when we come to church. <laughs> we don't stop being nice and kind and considerate to each other when we're here. <laughs> we should do that most of all when we're here and be considerate of what someone else might be encouraged by and not have the most important thing in my life today, what encourages me. I should be asking, what can I do to encourage that brother or that sister, that young person, that elderly person sitting across the way from me? Because it is a 
corporate worship assembly, the believers were told to be considerate of each other and do those things that would edify and encourage all the worshipers and not just a few. And that's a hard balance to find. But hopefully over time, that's what we do. So sing with joy in your hearts to the Lord. Let's look at this for just a moment. First of all, sing. Sing is a verb. I don't know if some of you know that, but sing is a verb. It's something you do. Something you do. Um, It doesn't say sing well. (laughs) It says sing. Sing with joy in your hearts to the Lord. And there's a great biblical scriptural foundation for that. And I'd like to share a few scriptures that are noted on your outlines. Psalm 100, and there are so many psalms that call us to sing. Psalm 100 begins this way. Shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. That was the attitude when they were under the law. And now that we're under the realm of Jesus Christ and the freedom we have in Christ, shouldn't our joy be even greater? Of course it should. The New Testament scriptures affirm that call to sing. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 15, which is set in the context, one of the few passages in scripture that is actually set in the context of the worship assembly. Chapter 14, verse verse 15 says, So what shall I do? I will pray with my spirit, but I will also pray with my understanding. I will sing with my spirit, but I will also sing with my understanding. And I've got to tell you, as a preacher in Churches of Christ, I've used that scripture a lot to talk about singing with your understanding. But that's only half of it. I will sing with my what? Spirit. I will sing with my spirit. This is a joyful spiritual exercise. Ephesians 5 and Colossians 3 are very similar. I'll read Ephesians 5 verses 18 through 20. Do not get drunk on wine which leads to debauchery, sexual immorality. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Spiritual songs. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And James chapter 5 verse 13 says this. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them what? Pray. Is anyone happy? Let them what? Sing. Right there in the Bible. Huh. Is any one of you happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Philippians 4 and 1 Thessalonians 5 and so many other passages say rejoice in the Lord when? Always. Why? Because we have the blessings in Jesus Christ. Always. The scriptural foundation is strong for singing praises to God. And for singing those praises to God in the worship assembly without instrumental accompaniment. The, the term a cappella means in the style of the church. In the style of the, cha- of, the, of the chapel. Why is that? Because for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. After the first century. The singing within the church assembly. Was just like we're doing right now. A cappella without instrumental music accompaniment. A few thoughts about the history. The Roman church began to use instruments about 800 years ago. In the 1200s, 1100 years after the church had been established. And it's not like they weren't familiar with instrumental music in worship. They were Jews and pagans. 
They had done it all their lives, but for some reason or another, they didn't in the church. And they didn't for hundreds of years. It was not fully approved in the Roman church until the 1600s. Instruments were disapproved. They were frowned upon by most of the, of the reformers. In the 16th century Reformation, the instruments were not used by most Protestant churches until the 1800s. Until the 1800s. Some other religious groups that reject instruments today, the Eastern Orthodox Church, some Moravian churches, Reformed Presbyterians, and some others. You know, these days, more is being written about moving away from the entertainment purpose to the focus on God with the purpose of encouraging and enabling the worshipers to actually take an active part in the worship. And that's been, been har harmed in the world that uses instruments in worship. They've gotten it so big and built it up so much that there's so much band and so much orchestra and so much loud music that what happens to the people in the congregation? They sit there and enjoy the show. They don't sing out. And so now I'm seeing more in other churches and other church leaders around the country who are saying, look, let's tap the brakes on this a little bit. Let's try to do things that will encourage our people to join in the singing, not discourage that. More is being written about that in the general Christian world at large. If our worship assemblies are not encouraging and edifying, then we're not being biblical because that's their purpose. That's why we're here, to encourage and edify each other. So sing out. <laughs> sing out. It's interesting to me that some who believe that instrumental music is an addition to the Scriptures and should not be used in church worship services, in case I haven't been clear, I agree with that, by the way, those same people will not sing out with joy in those same church worship services. Something the New Testament clearly and obviously commands. <laughs> I believe the saying is, we've thrown the baby out with the bathwater. We need to sing out. Instead, they are doing what my mother would call just sitting there like a what? A bump on a log. How many of you have heard that statement? Don't sit here like that. Don't sit in church like a bump on a log. Wait till you get home and are in your recliner and then do all the bumping on a log that you want. But not here. You're a participant. God is watching. God is listening. God is listening to your heart. And if your heart is bringing up joyous worship to the Lord, tell your face, would you? <laughs> would you please let your face in on the secret that you're happy and joyful because Jesus died for your sins? And would you sing out with joy? If you're not singing, then not only are you disobeying the command to sing, you're hindering the church from fulfilling its purpose in the worship assembly. So sing out. Sing out. Sing out with joy. With joy is the attitude. With joy is the attitude. Our joyful worship stems from our Savior and our hope of resurrection. It doesn't come from the song list or from the length of the sermon. Interestingly enough, it comes from the Lord Jesus Christ. So sing out 
Sing out with joy. Sing out with gratitude and joy. Gratitude and joy should be at the heart of every aspect of our Christian lives. It certainly seems that way from reading the New Testament. Rejoice in the Lord always, unless, of course, the song leader leads a song you don't like, or leads it too slow or fast, or pitches it wrong, or leads all the verses, or doesn't lead all the verses. Paul said, rejoice in the Lord always, and you're sitting there thinking, yeah, but Bill, I have it a lot harder than Paul does. I mean, Paul didn't have to endure some of the preachers that I've had to endure. (laughs) Paul wrote that from prison, not knowing if he was going to get out or not. Later on, he would get out, as tradition says, and he continued to do his mission work and got arrested again and was killed. He had been beaten and stoned nearly to death. Because of his faith. And yet he sat there and he said, rejoice in the Lord always. And the reasons we pick for not being joyful, God help us when we stand before the Lord who gave everything and suffered everything so that we could have joy. As Dr. Phil would say, let me know how that works out for you. Sing out with joy. Rejoice in the Lord always. Our joyful worship stems from our Savior and our hope of resurrection. So sing out. Sing out with joy. Sing with joy in your hearts to the Lord. In your hearts is the quality. We sometimes get caught up in how we sound. And that's not how God measures the quality. In your hearts is how God measures the quality. Maybe you've never considered trying out for American Idol or The Voice. But that's not what God is calling for from you. He wants your heart. And He wants your heart to participate when the church gathers together and sings praises to your Creator and Savior. So sing out. Sing out with joy in your heart. We've done leadership training for Christ here, LTC here at West Irwin for years. Uh, We've done it, Joyce and I have done it in our other churches. And I remember years and years ago there was a skit put on by some of the kids. And it was set in a youth devotional. They were sitting like as if they were up here for a youth devotional. Where I was when we had devotionals back in the 70s and we sang, If the skies above you are gray, sing and be happy. And, and so they're up here and they're singing and there's a big group of kids singing and they're all singing, singing the song we sang a moment ago, Joyful, Joyful, We Adore Thee, which is from Beethoven's 7th, Ode to Joy, Joyful, Joyful, We Adore Thee. You know that one, right? We just sang it. So that's what the kids up here are singing and they sound beautiful in this little skit. Beautiful, as kids do when they sing. They sound wonderful. And except for one girl. There's one girl over on the end And she is singing just as loud as she can sing, wailing away, completely off-key, not getting many of the words right, not considering at all how the group sounds with her singing out so loudly. She's just over there bellowing away to this song. And all the kids, of course, take their turns looking over at her, some with an angry look on their face, some with a frustrated look on their face. And they see her over there singing loudly. And that's the first part. You hear this wonderful, amazing singing, except for that one girl. And then the scene transitions. And you hear what God hears. And so with each of the kids, 
you, everybody as a group, they're now humming that tune very softly. And each one takes their turn singing or talking and, and what's in their heart and what they're thinking about and what God hears. And so what is God hearing? Well, one of them is saying, I wish that girl would be quiet. I can't believe she's singing at all, much less singing so loud. Another one is saying, I know, I can't believe it. It's it's like she's ruining our whole wonderful singing. That's what's in her heart. Another boy speaks up and he's standing there and he says, why, oh, why would anyone build a church right across the street from a bakery? (laughs) I am so hungry. That's what he's thinking. Another girl is singing, bathroom, bathroom, I need a bathroom. I have simply got to go. (laughs) That's what she's thinking. Another girl is looking across the way and says, ooh, who is that cute guy over there? Boy, I sure hope he didn't come with any of the other girls in the youth group. That's what she's thinking. And then you get to that girl, that girl that was singing so horribly that everybody just couldn't wait for her to be quiet. And you hear what God hears from her. And it's the most angelic thing you've ever heard. Every note is perfect. Every word is perfect. Her face is lit up. She's singing loudly as if she could be a singer at the Metropolitan Opera. Because that's what God heard. Sing with joy in your hearts to the Lord. To the Lord is the recipient, as we've said. Not the song leader, not the preacher, not the elders, not others. Yes, they are encouraged if you sing out or discouraged if you don't sing. But our worship, including our singing, is directed only to the Lord. God is watching and listening and hearing our hearts. So sing out. Sing out with joy in your heart to the Lord. If we are singing praises to our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, if He is the focus of our worship, then how can we not sing out with joy and praise? And if we are singing together in our worship assembly with the purpose to encourage those around us to praise God with joy and praise, how are we going to do that unless we sing out? Sing with joy in your hearts to the Lord. We have so much to be joyful about. We have so much to be thankful for. So sing out. Sing with joy in your hearts to the Lord. And if you need help and encouragement to praise your God today in song or in any other way in your Christian walk, come as we stand and sing our song together. (laughs) 